Welcome to the Think Like a Musician podcast. This show will teach you the time management skills you need to be joyful, productive, and fulfilled in all areas of life. You're going to learn a completely unique and innovative approach to managing your crazy, busy life. I'm a lifelong musician, so you're going to hear a musician's creative and intuitive system for time management and work-life balance. We'll discuss time management, work-life balance, goal-setting, inspiration, creativity, peak performance, and living your purpose. I want to help you live your life like it's a masterpiece. I'm a life coach, professional speaker, productivity expert, and your host, Scott Snow. Erin Engelke is the Executive Director for Calm Waters, a nonprofit in Oklahoma City that serves children and families who have experienced loss due to death, divorce, or other significant loss. They provide free support groups and other services. Prior to Calm Waters, Erin served in fundraising and public relations roles for Sunbeam Family Services, Feed the Children, World Neighbors, and MidFirst Bank. She has traveled extensively around the world, including Guatemala, Albania, and Peru, and has a heart for seeing children and families thrive no matter where they live. She is a graduate of Oklahoma Christian University, and she serves on the Board of Trustees for the Christian Chronicle, President-Elect of the Public Relations Society of America, past President of the Association of Women in Communications, and an active member of the Junior League of Oklahoma City. Erin's greatest pride is her family, her husband, son, and two daughters. Please welcome Erin Engelke. Thanks, Scott, for having me. Now, you're the executive director of the nonprofit Calm Waters. Would you share some of the powerful ways you help children? Oh, I would love to. You know, Calm Waters is a very special place. We are a grief center uh, located in Oklahoma City. We are kind of a, a family of grief centers that are located across the nation. But what we do here at Calm Waters is essentially provide healing and hope for families that have gone through just really terrible loss, mostly because of death or divorce. And the unfortunate thing about loss is that it's going to happen to all of us at some point in time in our life or another. Like it really, death doesn't discriminate. doesn't matter how much money you make or where you come from. We're all going to face it. And for some families, it is just more than they can handle. And I'm touched every day when I get to answer the phone or get to talk to one of the families that we serve. And and of course, it's terribly difficult to hear their heartbreaking stories, but I choose to focus on the hope that we provide them by giving them a community, a community of support, giving them a safe place where they can come and feel what they need to feel without judgment, without all those weird, awkward comments that sometimes we all have um, been accused of, of saying when somebody loses somebody very special to them. And I personally connect to this mission because I have experienced loss in my life. My dad died by suicide when I was a little girl, and I also suffered just years and years of infertility and lost four babies to miscarriage before I ever had my uh, first son. And so there's something really special about uh my role here and my passion for this work and and just understanding where our families are coming from and how much a leap of a leap of faith it is for them to even pick up the phone and call us and ask for help 
and I'm sorry to hear about all your losses. It seems rare to have a, an occupation that is so perfectly aligned with your mission and purpose. Do you, did that take a long time for you to, I know you had a, you know, you have a wealth of different occupations in your resume and an experience. Did it take a long time to sink into the, what really was aligned? You know, that's a really good question. And it's something that I have thought a lot about over the course of my career. I, my background is in public relations and marketing, and I always had envisioned myself doing the corporate thing, um, you know, perhaps broadcast TV or working behind the scenes uh, in corporate PR. And I had got, started to go down that path after I graduated from college. And I distinctly remember one day, it was actually shortly after one one of my miscarriages, I had this moment of realization that I wanted to do something that meant more. Um, not to negate the work that I was doing at the ad agency that I was working for at the time, but it just didn't fill my cup. It didn't give me joy. And it was not uh, what I felt was the best use of my skills and abilities. And so uh, just through the course of applying for new opportunities, I landed into the nonprofit community and honestly have been blown away by how much I resonate with this space. I think because I have such a heart for families. And so the, a lot of the agencies that I've worked for specifically lift up uh, children and, and families and giving them the education and the training and the knowledge that they need to help themselves. I worked for a number of international nonprofits and got to travel extensively across the globe and, you know, meeting people whose life circumstances are very different from yours is a profound thing and changes your perspective on your own struggles, um, but also gives you far more uh, gratitude for the life that you have. And so it was over just all of these life experiences that I realized how much I wanted to lead an organization, be a CEO or an executive director. And so I knew I wanted to do that before I turned the, the ripe old age of 40. And so I did manage to do that. Um, I'd been familiar with Calm Waters for a number of years and loved the mission. And the opportunity happened to present itself. The prior executive director was retiring. And so naturally, because of my grief story, it made sense for me to apply. And here I am two years wow. later. That's a great story. Now, you're the director. What else do you see yourself? You know, what other hats do you have to wear at work besides being the director? Yeah. Oh, I love that because I, there's been times where I've led um, some training sessions talking about all the hats that an executive director or a CEO has to wear. And here at Calm Waters, we have some child therapy rooms and one of our child therapy rooms is a drama room. And in that room, we have hats like firemen and, um, you know, a sheriff's hat or whatever. And so I quite literally feel like some days I am a fireman where I'm putting out fires, right? Or any number of things. But certainly as an executive director, my, my ultimate goal is to make sure that my team feels supported and affirmed and appreciated. I want to make sure that our programs are being delivered with the highest amount of quality um, and with care and concern. I work very closely with our board of directors, and so a lot of my time is spent working alongside them, facilitating meetings. I do a lot when it comes to fundraising, you know, raising money that we can't do what we do without money. And so a lot of my time is spent raising money as well. HR, 
you know, just kind of the basics of making sure our employees have benefits, uh, that they get paid every other week. You know, some of those kind of non-glamorous things are all a part of the hats that I wear. And um, certainly not an exhaustive list, but covers some of the, the basics of what I do. Mm-hmm. Your TED Talk was inspirational and timely given the pandemic. What should working women know about work-life balance? Mm. Well, first of all, they should know that work-life balance does not exist. Work-life balance is an idealistic uh, perspective on life. Like that is, you would be aiming for perfection and perfection is not real. I really encourage working moms to seek a fulfilled life instead. What happens when we start engaging in activities and careers in our life that drain us, it has the potential to drain us in every other aspect of our life as well. And so it's so very important for us to determine what fills us with joy. As I was saying earlier in my career, I I liked what I did. It was fine. It paid the bills, but it didn't, it didn't fill me with joy. It didn't like fire me up. And that trickled into other, into my personal life, into my community activities. And it wasn't until I found a career and a passion that I loved. It was almost like the skies open up, right? Like you can, you can effectively do so much more when the things that you're doing fulfill you. And so I love to talk to working moms and encourage them to identify with each within each area of their lives, personally, professionally, and within their own community, the things that they really enjoy, what are their priorities, and then make sure that the activities and the things that they do align to those priorities. What do you think is the difference between people who are able to identify their purpose and those that can't, people that work a job that is not fulfilling mm-hmm. or relationships that are not fulfilling? I really think a lot of it boils down to fear. You know, we all struggle a bit with feeling like we're enough or knowing what our purpose truly should be. And I think a lot of times we need to get out of our own heads. You know, we allow negative self-talk to dominate our, our head space sometimes, and it, sh- it shadows and, and clouds all the good that we bring to this world. And it's so important for us to recognize that it is indeed possible for us to do more than we ever imagine, and that we need to never ask ourselves the question, what if? You know, I like to live a life without regret. And I find that fear has a way of keeping us from doing the things that we really want to accomplish. And even just giving it a try, right? Like, go after the thing that you're not so sure that you want to do because you may decide or determine that it is the perfect fit for you. Um, And the worst thing that can happen is that you rule it out and say, nope, indeed, I wasn't supposed to be a landscape gardener for a living, you know, whatever it is. Um, So just how important it is for us to believe in ourselves, to give back to our own community, to serve others, and to ignore that negative self-talk that goes on in our heads. Great. Now, switching gears a bit to productivity, which app, software, and technology do you rely on for most of your personal productivity and the productivity for your team? 
Hmm, that's interesting. I am highly organized by nature. I love to have a to-do list. I'm pretty old school, so I like to handwrite my to-do list. Although some of my staff, they like to do, you know, things that are a bit more um, tech savvy, I suppose. But I rely very heavily on, um, you know, calendars. I actually have a shared calendar. Um, our home as well, because I'm effectively uh, managing not just my schedule and my staff's schedule and the agency's schedule, but all the people that live in, our, in my house at home. And so right. it's really important to make sure that all those sync. And so um, I make sure that through my Outlook and my Gmail, all of the, our calendars are connected um, so that none of those hats or none of those balls get dropped um, in the process. You know, I, I'm trying to think of any others that, um, that I use. And I, I really can't think of any, to be honest with you, from a technology standpoint, although I find that communication is the most effective form of uh, productivity. So I meet weekly with my staff um, as a team, but then I also meet one-on-one -on -one with my staff uh, for them to have space to talk through challenges or concerns with me and vice versa. Um, I think that that's one of the most effective ways to get things accomplished accomplished is we need to communicate. Yeah, I agree. And I, I see uh, a lot of people seem to hide behind the technology part and the app part. And I need this great app to plan this. And you could just already have done that action, you know? Right. right. Well, and I think that we've all seen even through this pandemic, how important personal relationships and connectivity is. And you know, Zoom has certainly helped that, you know, I get to see your face right now because we're on Zoom. Um, but, you know, sometimes we can lose that connection when we rely too heavily on just being behind our phones. Um, a lot can, can be missed or overlooked. So, yeah, I'm very much of the mindset that let's spend face-to-face -to -face time together. How do you go about goal setting and goal attainment for you personally and for your company? Yeah, so I uh, like to host strategic planning sessions with my team. In fact, we are hosting one here in the next few weeks. We have some big, important things happening. I'm moving our uh, agency's location to a brand new building um, in uh, just a couple months. And so we are going off site to do some strategic planning, think through how are we going to effectively execute that move while still serving our clients and families. And I love doing that. I go off site. We need to be away from, you know, our offices without distraction. And we write that strategic plan. We set goals we set goals together and uh, make them very measurable. That's one of the things that is important is making sure that any goal that you set personally or professionally, that it's attainable, that it's measurable and that you have accountability and that there's a deadline associated with it. I also personally love to set goals. I do so short-term and long-term. Um, I find that I get excited when I get to accomplish a goal. And so that's why the short-term goals are very important because they help you then gain that sense of accomplishment and give you motivation to accomplish those longer-term goals. And I don't generally set them in January. You know, I'm not like a big New Year's resolutions kind of gal because I feel like that's a little, um, that's a bit of a fad. I find that you can set goals any time of the year, that it's important to, to stay uh, 
on top of the things that are important to you. And sometimes your priorities can shift over the course of the year. And so you can reset those goals in the process. How do you balance between, you know, some people say, you know, set the goals really big and some, you know, achievable. Is there a balance or like a stretch goal, that kind of argument? I always think that it's important to stretch yourself. I wouldn't have all of your goals be stretch goals. Like I said, sometimes you even just have to have a daily goal, right? Like I'm going to get on the treadmill today, like we were talking about earlier, you know? So they can be, I definitely think you need to have small, super attainable goals. Again, you need to feel accomplished. Um, But absolutely, we all need to be stretched. You know, this pandemic has shown us that we can indeed be stretched and still come out of it mostly sane, (laughs) hopefully (laughs) mostly sane, right? Right. Um, But yeah, I mean, you can't grow and learn without taking some risk and without pushing yourself and challenging yourself to do something bigger than you ever would have imagined you would have done. What's a hobby that you enjoy that most people would be surprised about? Hmm. Sounds like a party question, right? Or a board game. (laughs) I don't know that. Well, to be surprised, I, um, so I enjoy pageantry. Not everybody necessarily knows that about me, but I recently competed in the Mrs. Oklahoma America pageant and placed first runner up. So that was really exciting, but I enjoy pageantry just because it gives me the opportunity to create new amazing relationships with other women. Um, I get to kind of hearken back to my love for dance. I grew up dancing and I don't get to do that much anymore. And so pageantry allows me to do that. Plus I get to dress up and look really pretty and I love that too. So it's, it's a goal that I get to work toward, but also demonstrate to my own girls and my own children and hopefully other women that just because you're a mom and just because you are an employee or a leader or CEO or whoever you are, that you can have passions outside of all of that that are super unique to you. And you shouldn't allow anybody to judge you for those. If it matters to you and it lights your fire, then do it. Mm. I love that example of being that example for the kids Yeah, of how you go about things. I've often find that with hobbies and passions and interests, it seems like sometimes we just get stuck in that surface level. Like I want to try yoga with goats this week and then something <laughs> right. different next week, but to go pick something and go deep on something over a long period of time, whether it be cooking or, you know, like I'm into backgammon and, okay. you know, just having that, um, that well that you can continually deepen is so rewarding and fulfilling. It is. Absolutely. And, you know, again, I think we need to be, we need to remember how important of, um, it is to set the example and the tone for our children and for those that, that are watching us. I mean, that sounds kind of creepy, but truly as leaders, especially people are watching us and they look for that inspiration because all of us, again, are, are seeking the next big thing in our lives, but sometimes we don't know how to get there. And we need to look to the example of others to, to recognize it is indeed possible. Hmm. That's great. I've got one final question for you, Erin. What's one powerful action step that our listeners can take to help them live a more joyful, productive, and fulfilling life? Hmm. I 
would highly encourage all of your listeners to take an inventory right now of all the commitments that you have on your plate. So start with that, that inventory, figure out who, which boards are you serving on? What does your job commitments look like? How many activities are your kids involved in? You know, all of those kinds of things. And then determine what your priorities are. What are the things that fill you with joy? And do those activities align to those, those priorities? And if not, you need to find a way to step back from them. I find that all of us have a little bit of like an internal, mm, I don't know what you call it, but like an internal dialogue. So we get that feeling inside of us sometimes when we commit to something and then we dread it. Well, why do we dread it? Because it doesn't really fill us with joy, right? That is like an internal temperature gauge that tells us what we should be doing and what we shouldn't be doing. Now, granted, there's some things that we just have to do. Like, goodness gracious, I don't love to do the dishes, but I have to do them, right? So there's some things in life you just have to do. But when it comes to bigger commitments and, and activities for yourself, for your um, personal and professional life, you need to trust that inner temperature gauge um, to help you identify where you should be spending your time. Because I can guarantee you, if the majority of what you're focusing your time on does fill your cup, you're going to feel so much more balanced in every aspect of your life. Great. I love that. Well, you shared a lot of great things for us to think about. And thank you very much, Aaron, for being on the podcast. Thanks for having me. For more information about Calm Waters, visit calmwaters.org. Visit thinklikeamusician.org for more information on how we can help you and your team with peak performance, time management, and work-life balance. We offer coaching, trainings, and workshops that will empower you to be joyful, productive, and fulfilled in all areas of life. Visit thinklikeamusician.org.